0: It's the orchestra that wants to be really hot in Cleveland. This is Conducting Business, WQXR's show about the classical music industry. I'm Naomi Lewin. The Cleveland Orchestra is aiming to have the country's youngest symphony audience by the time it turns 100 in 2018. And there's growing evidence that it's making some headway thanks to a discount ticket program and various outreach activities. Craig Duff is a journalist and producer who teaches at the Medill School at Northwestern University. He reported on this for The New York Times, and he joins us on the line. Welcome. Thanks so much. So what triggered this? Was there some specific thing that made the Cleveland Orchestra officials wake up and realize they had to target young people?
1: Well, I think orchestras across the country are trying to find new audiences. I mean, I think uh, one, one of the things I said when I pitched this story to the Times was the first time I went to the New York Philharmonic, and I, being a bald man who lost my hair in my 30s, was sitting in the balcony and looking down uh, and at Avery Fisher Hall at the audience there, and I saw all these bald heads, and I said to my friend who was there with me, I found my tribe. <laughs> and uh, she elbowed me and said, um, look, they're all 70 years old. So uh, Milton Maltz is a longtime benefactor of the orchestra and several years ago was in his box at the Cleveland Orchestra and noticed when he looked around and looked down, uh, he told me that uh, he saw gray hair and no hair, and he was very very concerned about uh, there being no young people in the audience. So the
0: centerpiece of their strategy revolves around fan cards. What are they and how do they work?
1: Well, there's several different parts of this. Um, Mr. Maltz uh, and his wife Tamara and their family foundation gave a, a $20 million endowment to start a center for future audiences. And it has several different prompts to it, one of which are these fan cards, which are $50, and a student from you know high school through university into graduate school can go to as many concerts as they like uh, throughout the season. And they get what are the tickets that are available, and sometimes they're quite good tickets.
0: Are there limits to the all-you-can-hear card?
1: I believe that they're all-you-can-hear.
0: So you can go tomorrow, you can go the next day? You can go as many back as many times to the concert as you want.
1: That's yeah. That's part of the deal. But I don't know that how many people actually do that. But uh,
0: this program started in 2010. What kind of changes have they seen in audience makeup in Cleveland since then?
1: Well, in 2010, when they first um, began, they were the students' uh, tickets that they were selling were about eight percent of the overall tickets that they were selling in concerts in Severance Hall. Since then. Last year, they had about 20%. So they've gone from 8% to 20% student tickets by uh, offering lots of incentives for students to, to come. If you don't buy the fan card, you can still go to any concert you like uh, for $10. And then there's Summer Program, which uh, is at Blossom Music Center, several miles away from Cleveland. Anyone under 18 that's accompanied by an adult can get in for free. So with all of those things uh, in, involved in all the things that they've been doing, they've actually raised it um, quite a bit over just a few years.
0: So how can they actually verify that the audience is youthening, as Merlin would say?
1: (laughs) Well, the only metric they really have, you know, when I buy a ticket, they don't ask me how old I am, right? But they can track student tickets. That's really the metric they're using now. Since orchestras don't all, you know, count their people the same way, and they don't have the same kind of set of guidelines and all following the same metrics and data, and then sharing all that stuff, there's really no way for them to know for sure. But they, they plan to prove it by just sort of Uh, having anyone who can look into the hall to see that they have a very young audience.
0: So the main premise is that cost is the biggest impediment for younger audiences. What about programming? Are they making any changes to draw a younger crowd in programming?
1: Well, actually, orchestras across the country are experimenting with lots of different things. In Cleveland, they have something called Fridays at 7, which is a short program in Severance Hall with the orchestra, about an hour long. And then after that, uh, they will in the foyer in, in Severance Hall, this beautiful area they'll have another another band with a different kind of music the evening that I was there uh, there was a program of Rachmaninoff and some Strauss Waltzes and then you walk out and then you're greeted by the New York Gypsy All-Stars playing and you know just colorful lights and and uh, a bar and all these things They're very vibrant people dancing and all that so that's one way that, to draw people in give them a short orchestral program that introduces them to some, some uh, music that they may not have heard and then let them dance uh, before they go home.
0: You spoke with the Cleveland music director, Franz Vesemust, about the date night phenomenon.
1: I talked to a doctor from Case Western, and he said, from his young students, you bring your date actually to Severance now. It's sort of the place to go on a Saturday night. I was very happy to hear that because it's such a shrine of music, if you want, and that young people sort of rediscover that and think it's really cool to come here is wonderful.
0: And you mentioned that Severance Hall is sort of a grand, old-style hall. Did it look like a cool date night kind of place when you were there?
1: Uh, In the Friday night that I was there, and you know, the crowd, uh, there was definitely some couples there and some dates. I was actually following a a young man who um, who takes advantage of the ten-dollar tickets there, and he brought his wife and some other friends along. Yeah, I think, you know, the orchestra really is a a jewel in Cleveland, and it's well known as one of their sort of proud accomplishments. And it's in in an area in Cleveland, which is right next to the Art Museum, which is also um, highly regarded, and Cleveland Clinic. And so, you know, it is sort of a cultural center there in Cleveland, and, you know, it's a great place to to take a date. And from what I was able to see just in the the one evening that I was there recently, it seemed to be working.
0: So Cleveland has this old-style hall that's working for them rather than a glitzy new hall like the New World Symphony. Cleveland also does not have a hip young conductor like Gustavo Dudamel in L.A. They're still making it work for them?
1: It's interesting. When I talk to, to those who are most about the age of the people on the stage versus the people people in the audience, you seem to think that, you know, you tend to listen to your grandparents better more than you do your parents. And so if you have uh, people who are highly accomplished on stage, that uh, it doesn't really matter that, you know, people will come in and listen. And ultimately, if the, he says the quality is there, then people will always come back for it.
0: The orchestra has also been doing outreach concerts in bars and on neighborhood porches. Have these had a lot of impact or are they just really good PR?
1: I think well, the, the, a little bit of both. It's hard to, here again. It's hard to measure the impact for that, and I haven't, I don't have any numbers from them, of people who went to the Happy Dog Bar and heard uh, you know, some classical music there, and then decided to come to Severance Hall after that. But it does definitely give them, a, a, you know, a larger sort of footprint, and it helps people know that music is not just the stuffy people with, in tuxedos on the stage, that it can come into your community and, you know, on your porch or in your neighborhood, and they have these residencies where each is a different sort of neighborhood each year, and they do a number of concerts in each of them.
0: You mentioned uh, grandparents on the stage and relating to them. You also spoke with the violist Joanna patterson Zakeny, one of the orchestra's youngest members. In the end... Music is universal, and you can like alternative music, you can like rock, but as long as you're open to music in general, then you're probably going to latch on to something in the classical realm, which is, I mean, we have such a wide spectrum of repertoire, and I mean, there's going to be something that you like for sure.
1: Uh, Joanna actually has continued uh, with the ensemble that played there at the Happy Dog uh, bar, and uh, they are still together, and actually there's, there are new ensembles that are playing in places like Happy Dog now. It spurred a little bit of a you know, a, of a meme there in the city, and there's a few different uh, folks that are playing.
0: So what's next with all of this? Do you think Cleveland is going to be able to make good on having the youngest audience, and is there any risk that their funding might run out before they get that audience?
1: I, it's a significant endowment that helps them do all these programs, and they're not spending all of it <laughs> right away. Um, and, and time will tell. I mean, I think every orchestra across the country is doing whatever they can to bring in newer audiences. When I spoke to Velser most about that, he was very, very confident that the Cleveland community will continue to support it. In fact, he wants to celebrate uh, the community in Cleveland on the 100th anniversary, not the orchestra itself, because he thinks that's really the great thing, is uh, the fact that that city created that orchestra and kept it alive for so many years.
0: Craig Duff, thank you very much.
1: My pleasure. Thanks.
0: Craig Duff is a journalist who teaches at the Medill School at Northwestern University. His New York Times report, including an extensive video feature, is linked on the Conducting Business webpage at wqxr.org. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.